Tonight on the podcast, we're talking all things Henry Cavill and DC. We've got Kevin Smith weighing in on Henry Cavill and DC. We got James Gunn's road plan or roadmap for the new DC. So all this and so, so, so much more tonight on this episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. Alex, hit that intro. It is Friday Night Phoenix, and you're locked into the best damn podcast in all of the land, the Absolute Geek Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm flying um, semi-solo right now. Um, <laughs> Matt, you should box James Gunn. Yeah, right. Um, someone's solo right now while I'm waiting for Ish and hopefully JP to join me. I uh, hope you guys are having a great friday hope you guys have had a great week getting all that christmas festivity shopping done is uh we are one week from christmas crazy to say right one week from christmas um there's not a whole lot going on in the, the world i mean there is as far it, it's very dc dominated right now um and we're gonna go ahead and jump into it here um i hope you guys went and picked up your local or your books this week at your local comic shop while i'm waiting for ish because they usually ask me what i picked up this week um we had some we had a banger this week and batman spawn pick that up um mandalorian issue six pick that up ice cream man issue 33 don't know if anyone's still reading this uh you had your um Facsimile, Spider-Man, uh, all-new Spider-Man, Miles, second appearance of Miles Morales, first solo issue. No, I'm not going to talk about how Bill Clinton won the Game Awards, um, as funny as that is. And then uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, Dark Web, number one. So, um, yeah, no, I'm not going to talk about Bill Clinton, as funny as that is, and the way that kid uh, stormed the stage, there's a lot of issues in that. and People are getting a lot more uh, bold and daring um, than previous years. So who knows? But glad nobody got hurt in that. Um, he did get arrested, yes. But just the fact that your security is so bad that, like, he was even able to make it on that stage for for um, those of you who don't know, they had the game awards, I think last week. Um, and as um, the game of the year was being announced, some kid who was not part of the dev team jumped up on stage and somehow was allowed to get a microphone and give his, his speech and a shout out to Bill Clinton and, it's just a uh, very, very weird situation. But nonetheless, almost felt staged. Like, just the way he, like, got in there and was able to talk, it almost felt very, very staged. Like, you know, nobody cared about the Game Awards, so they're trying to bring attention to the Game Awards, much like 
the Will Smith slap to Chris Rock. Nobody really cared about the Oscars until that happened. And then after that, everyone was talking about the Oscars. So, um, but yeah, I digress. Uh, Cardi West has done it before. Who's done it before? That kid's done it before? That kid's jumped on stage before? But, um, yeah, well, since uh, I'm not going to take up all your guys' time here, I'm waiting around. I'm going to go ahead and just get started, and uh, we'll jump right into some, some geek news here. Shall we? All right, and tonight our top story leading us off in geek geek news. Henry Cavill confirms that his time as the DCU's Clark Kent slash Superman is over, taking the Instagram to explain his abrupt departure as the Man of Steel. The actor has confirmed that he will not not be returning as Clark Kent slash Superman from the new DC universe that is being spearheaded um, by DC Studios head James Gunn and Peter Safran. Announcing the news in a uh, post shared on his Instagram account, he said, I've just had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran, and I'm sad and sad news, everyone. I will not, after all, be returning as Superman. After being told by the studio to announce my return back in October, prior to their hire, this news isn't the easiest, but that's life, he wrote. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that James Gunn and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them all the involved. Uh, I wish all them and all involved with the new universe the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. Biggest Max says biggest boo ever. I disagree, but I've been on record as saying I don't think Henry Cavill was a good Superman. Um, I don't think he. I think this is a good. This is a good thing for this character. People are very much boo boo Henry Cavill boo boo boo, but it's a chance to reboot to reboot rebrand re reintroduce the classic superman back to the world that we haven't really seen since i would say christopher reeves um you can kind of get that good truth justice and dare i say the american way superman back um i know that's not his slogan anymore but you can kind of get Superman back to his his roots. What's up, Ish? You hey, hey what's this, going on? I see this, him on time as usual. Oh yeah. But this this reintroduction of Superman, <laughs> it it gives you the opportunity to get him back to his Boy Scout esque ways, the the less brooding superman than what was given to us in james gun or not james guns but in um the snyderverse and i'm all for that like we're going to talk later on in the new direction and possibility of where he's going to go with it but going do he's going to take the marvel approach it seems like he wants to go younger he wants they want to sign someone that's going to be there for years they want to build out this universe they want to make it cohesive and understanding rather than just a jumbled mess like we got from the Snyderverse stuff and 
if we're being fair, I think a lot of the Snyderverse issues were the fact that they did Man of Steel 1, which I'm not a fan of. It's not a great movie, but it's not terrible either. And then they were DC. It feels like DC just came to him and was like, All right, let's build this world. And we're going to do it real quick. And then it was weird going from Man of Steel into Batman, Superman. Like they should have done it kind of like the Marvel formula. They had a Superman movie, then a Batman movie. And then each of these standalone movies built towards something instead of doing Superman, Superman, Batman. Then, you know, go right into, yeah, Wonder Woman kind of touched on it a little bit. But then just going right into Justice League. So I feel like it's it's a good reintroduction of Superman to the masses, to the world. And you can do it in what drew Superman to people as the the hope, the, like I said, the more positive outlook than this dark brooding Superman that we got. What, what do you think of the the stuff about Henry Cavill being replaced ish? And was it a hot topic in the shop this week? That was, that was well said, Matt. Uh, you know what? Surprisingly not, not really. Um, you know, like, like, like you said, I agree that, you know, I think guns probably going to go for a little more of a boy scout type Superman, more of the traditional type. And I don't know. That's kind of what I liked. Um, I was never a big fan of Henry Cavill. There was too broody, too angsty. You know, I, I felt he lacked some some screen charisma, but I know he has his fans. I know Max is is real upset with the news, and this is you know probably dividing fans here. But I'm on the side that yeah, I'll I'll, I'll try oh. a new Superman, something a little more, a little more hopeful, a little more fun. And like you said, um, Batman versus Superman just came way too soon, right? Mm-hmm. We get one Superman movie, his or an origin story, and the next thing we know, he's fighting Batman. That felt like that should have been a couple movies down the road. I think that was one of my biggest problem with that movie is that it felt like their their conflict made no sense. Like, why? What's the conflict between the two? It it just felt very very rushed. Like they were like, oh, we're gonna make a billion dollar movie here by making two of the biggest names in comics that we own fight each other, and it's gonna be glorious. And yeah. it really wasn't. <laughs> I guess the technically they, the plot was that Bruce Wayne blamed for the destruction of of Metropolis, Metropolis a city he's not even. So I, yeah. I guess that was the motivation. Yeah, that's exactly. But I guess you know one of his buildings got demolished. But now I mean, unless it's a Justice there, League so, book, yeah, they really they Batman, needed to build up to that. Yeah, I mean, unless it's been a Justice League book, Batman is very much like I'm all about Gotham, you know. Fuck Bloodhaven, fuck Metropolis, fuck everyone else. That's why Nightwing goes and takes over Bloodhaven, and that's why Superman has Metropolis. He's like, screw all you. I can worry about Gotham. You handle your own t- shit, you know? And in that movie, he's like, you're, you're, you're destroying Gotham. I got to stop you. You know, Get out of here. Whatever. But I digress. There, there's an invasion coming. You got to stop it. But I, 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 I do think, think it's, it's funny that... Uh... They got Cavill to do. They got him to do the cameo in Black Adam, which I think technically negates him doing any Marvel stuff for a couple of years, just by the sheer fact that he made that appearance. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work because if they told him that they're going to release that they're not moving forward with him, isn't that essentially releasing him from any contractual obligations? Yeah, but the the original contract I believe stated something like, you know, if you appeared in, you know, in any DC content, you couldn't appear in Marvel for five years or something like that. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it was. Um, and then since he did make an appearance, it's from like the next five years, if that's the number, then he can't do Marvel. Yeah, and it's um, interesting you bring that up because there's a there's a story out there that we're going to touch on too about, about that cameo. But um, Henry, and also people are wondering, well, what's Henry Cavill going to do next? Is he going to go back to The Witcher? Well, it came out that he will not return to The Witcher despite his exit from the Superman fandom. Uh, Witcher Season 4 is going to move forward unchanged with Liam Hemsworth as Geralt. So if you were hoping that he was going to return to that role, well, that's not going to happen. And so um, there's been rumors of a him being part of and producing a Warhammer 40K movie as well as people are saying that almost pretty much confirms that he might be our next James Bond. So I turn it over to you, the James Bond aficionado. <laughs> Ken Henry Cavill he was, James Bond. That was, that was the rumor mill for a while, but it, it's completely dropped off because now the big one, um, apparently in the number one slot, is uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. And then he even did screen tests as Bond, which Cavill has what not What is done. with this kid? Like, why does this kid get cast in every major franchise? He was he went from being kick-ass to being in the Godzilla franchise to being Quicksilver to being now he's going to be Craven the Hunter. Like, what is I – don't, I don't understand the well, – And he's got an Oscar nomination. Don't, don't forget that. Yeah, but I just don't see his appeal. I don't I don't see Aaron Taylor Johnson's appeal. I think he's a good actor. Games. Yeah, but do you really see a, a dopey-eyed, droopy-faced guy as James Bond? Like your James Bond is no more usually more you're like swash and suave and debonair. Huh? <laughs> your James Bond is normally suave and debonair. It doesn't look like he just needs to take a nap. I don't think he's droopy faced. I don't. Th- James Bond doesn't have to be suave and completely like the most handsome person ever. That's. I don't think that's not a requirement of James Bond. Not that they've ever cast like ugly actors to play him, but with Bond, it's you know, it's 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 his attitude like, and all his things that creates the sex appeal. It's not just. You can see you know, this is so your you James Bond. See this? Look, look, look. Nah, that doesn't say James. I Bond actually, James. there's people. There's already fan made posters and stuff, and a bunch of people started doing stuff with him and James Bond, the tuxedo holding the gun. And I was like, all right, I can see it. I'm intrigued. I'm certainly more. I'd. I'd. I'm more into seeing him than Henry Cavill as James Bond. Zach Galifianakis is James Bond. Yeah, even in like <laughs> the fan created, like. I don't know. I know there's a lot of people out there that would love to see Cavill, but I am not one of them. Yeah. I don't know if that screams yeah. James there, Bond that, to me. That works for me. I don't know. 
I don't watch Bond anyway, so it wouldn't be a driving force for me to go see Bond. You don't think that Henry Cavill would be yeah, a, a Bond hater anyway. that would Well, I'm just saying you don't think that Henry Cavill would be an addition to drive new f- people into watching a Bond movie, reintroducing Bond to a new a new generation of people. Possibly, but it would be short. It'll be good or two, maybe three movies at the most. I, I think they really need to go younger. I think that's definitely what the franchise needs. Someone younger you who can do like five, six, seven movies, maybe even. So you want Bond to be like Young Adventures of Indiana Jones then, where it's like a someone in their 20s, where it's the young... You know, if it, if it was me, I would do... Yeah, I would do Bond... I would do the first movie Bond like pre Secret Agent, just as a commando in the British Army, and showing you know what he did in battle or something to warrant having people look, take a second look, and be like, "Do we want to recruit this guy?" Is that is that, that in one of your which is even before fan. anything Ian Fleming ever wrote? Because Ian Fleming's first novel was Bond already Bond, you know, and, and his missions. It's is like that, a Bond begins, uh, kind of like Batman begins. Is That'd that what cool. you've written in your uh, your James Bond fan fictions? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because we all know that you and, and your mom, that's your Saturday night. You, you get together and you, you order out food and you guys write on, you guys work on your uh, James Bond fan fics. James. I do, my, I do James Bond fanfic. She does Willow fanfic. <laughs> Is she enjoying the new Willow show? No, not at all. Really? Yeah, we watched. Granted, we haven't seen the episodes three and four, and the episodes one and two. You know, I always count kind of as like a pilot episode, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. But man, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. And right before we watched the movie, and then immediately went into the show, and yeah, it was very rough. It was very disappointing. I'm kind of like, all right, I'm gonna stick to it, see how it goes. But uh, she was already kind of ah, she's she was over it. Yeah, so that's to see. I Disney, I think Disney I've Plus enjoyed it. Again. I've enjoyed it so far because, like, I'm going off of. I don't remember. I I saw the movie when I was a young kid. When I was younger, I haven't really watched it since. And I and thought about doing the same thing where I was like, it. Eh, I did, but see, I was like, oh, maybe I should rewatch Willow before the series. And I was like, no, I'm gonna just watch the series as is, and then I'll go back and rewatch Willow afterwards to see if it if it all holds up like i remember willow enough where it's like all right this is this is enjoyable i'm having i'm not i don't feel like i'm wasting my time watching it but that out well what what was that you kind of cut out i could hear your mom in the background saying how much it sucks <laughs> oh yeah my internet's bring um i'll say <laughs> Slow mo ish. Maybe cut out again. Damn it. Yeah, you did. But can you hear me? All right, we're back. CenturyLink, yeah, thank you for the incredibly slow internet speeds you provide. Oh, uh, so, okay. I was saying your way might be the less painful way because we did yeah. a you know movie straight into show, and it was very rough. Yeah. So I like I said, I've I've enjoyed it. I'm not going to say it's like spectacular it's 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 something i've actually enjoyed watching more than i can sit through it more than i could rings of power so i guess that's a win for me but 
teach their own. I, I can understand if you're a hardcore Willow fan where you would have your issues, but like I said, I'm running off of it, you know, memories of Willow when I was like nine or ten years old versus this new show. So I'll go back and watch it afterwards and and go from there. But do you think uh do you think that he's gonna show up and you know, Val Kilmer's gonna show up? It it's not just how does it live up to the move? I'm sorry, said that sorry, what was that? I said, do you think Val Kilmer shows up? No, I don't think so. I don't no. know. I'm not expecting him to. <laughs> no. One thing that bugs me about the show is not necessarily like how you know it lives up to the movie, but just like it doesn't feel like true high fantasy, especially the way the kids talk. It's very, very modern, very too too contempt too contemporary. And I don't know. That's I like that in my high fantasy is kind of little people speaking kind of in the olden ways. Yeah, they definitely they definitely are very much current. Like, yeah, they're not they're very much current speak. They're not the old English like Lord of the Rings or or Game of Thrones or anything like that. Like it's very current. But the one thing that kind of threw me for a loop is like Willow did all this stuff and now he's almost like bastardized. He's almost looked down upon. Like they they speak of him like he's this great wizard in one second and the next second they're like he's a piece of shit. Like he he did all this stuff and he's banished now and it's like which way are you going with this is he a, a highly respected <laughs> sorcerer or is he a piece of garbage like it's you can't really get that feeling and put your finger on that pulse of really what they're trying to they want you to take away from who willow is and what's happened in this time of what since we last saw these this character so but I don't know. I'm sad to hear that. Your I mean, they've definitely brought back me. everyone they possibly can. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe the show will get better. We'll see. Leftovers. He says, yeah, I don't get it. Hey, I got people. one about Superman. There's a rumor about. I don't know if you... <laughs> it's a great rumor. I don't know if you guys talked about this. The rumor of uh, Johnny Lawrence's kid playing uh, Superman. Yeah, I've heard that that and I don't I don't like it. Like I don't see him as as a Superman type. I don't know, it just doesn't doesn't fit the bill for me. Um what's his name? Tanner Buchanan. I don't Tanner Buchanan. I don't know. I don't see that as I don't see him as the Superman type, but I don't know. I guess I would have to see him. He's kind of got that all-American apple apple pie-ness to him. Yeah, I think I would have to see him kind of in the the cape and cowl. Or not cape and cowl, but because that's Batman. But the cape and the, the spandex, I'd have to see him in the garb to to really be like all right, that's that's one. But like when I sit here and think about it, and I think if I, I guess I just see him in everything in nothing but Cobra Kai. So I'm like, all right, maybe if he was in the if we had images of him in the the spandex with the red cape and the the crest, we could go from there. But I don't know. The more I'm looking at pictures, the less I hate the idea. But 
What Aaron, Isn't Ta- he Aaron Taylor four Johnson foot tall. Superman? No, God, no. And then Henry Cavill as James Bond. God, no. <laughs> Elliot Page as both Superman oh, yeah. and Batman. That's your. He's very versatile. That's your boy, boy Elliot Page. Uh, he is only twenty four. That's so my dream. I mean, he is young, so that would that would allow him to be. That would be a much younger Superman going in. He's got the it. physicality. Going, he's got the youth. He's got the athleticism. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I can see. The more I think about it, the more I can see it. But it's just like, um, who is Eric Williamson asking? Is four feet tall? Willow, or? Tanner I Buchanan. think he's talking about Buchanan. Oh, okay. Yeah, they are supposed to be all doing younger DC now. Um, but I mean, twenty four is still like look at. Um. Yes, we're talking about the blonde kid of Johnny Lawrence. What's up, Joe's Doolin? Um, I just lost where I was going to go with that. Johnny Lastin. Oh, twenty four. So twenty four is still very young to be. If DC's going younger, 24 is fine because look at um look at what's his name who they've got playing Spider-Man. He's almost 30 and he doesn't look a day over. Yeah, he's like 22. 30 going on 15. Yeah. So Tom Holland's in his third going on his 30s, and so is uh Zendaya. So and they're still playing teenagers, so it's who knows. <laughs> Who, who really knows? But he is too tiny for soups. Yeah, but they said that. I, they said that uh, Hugh Jackman was too tall to play Wolverine. You know, it's it's crazy how they can camera angles can make you look tall enough to to do that. But um, kind of back to touching on Tom what you were talking about. Your career, right? Kind of what you were touching on about the um, Black Adam mid credit scene-ish. New reports allege that Dwayne Johnson used Henry Cavill as a pawn to solidify Johnson's future status in the DC uh, film universe. A new report about the behind-the-scenes uh, that led to DC Studios announcing that Henry Cavill will not, in fact, be continuing as Superman in future DCU films seems to point to Dwayne Johnson as a key player in the process, with one insider suggesting that Johnson planned to use Cavill as a pawn help solidify Johnson's status in the future of the DC film universe. The Hollywood reporter did a deep dive into the circumstances that saw Cavill announce on social media in late October that he was finally returning as Superman just in time for the release of Dwayne Johnson led black Adam film complete with a cameo as Cavill as the man of steel only for Cavill to reveal that this week that he will after all not be returning as Superman and relatively soft box office numbers from black Adam appear to have played a major role and the sudden about face, which if you haven't seen Black Adam yet, it is available as of today on on uh, HBO Max, so you can go watch Black Adam at your heart's content. Um, but it just goes to show, like we've had this conversation, and it's a running joke now that Dwayne Johnson is not a box office superstar, and he's not this A list actor, and so if you have to manipulate the system and push, and it, it is on record how hard he pushed. For for Cavell to to be in this movie and said, I'm not going to do it unless this 
this happens, he's unless he's in this mid credit scene, unless we show this. What what does this say about the Rock? If it's coming out that he's manipulating, if he manipulated them and used them as a pawn, it's like, did he not have faith in Black Adam? Like what? I just DC is just all up in every every time you turn a corner, it's like something new comes out of DC, and it's just even more of a dumpster fire. DC. Harvin's right. DC is a bunch of jabronis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Eric you know this way in the cameo maybe i don't think it's as nefarious as like oh, master henry cavill but he's definitely he's going to be like yeah well, why wouldn't i you know he's going to use everything at his disposal to pump up his movie well and, and that's yeah, kind of where it's, it's kind of we talked of, last week about part of me kind of being a lot a little of bad for cavill even though i'm not a fan but it does feel like he was used yeah we talked last week a little bit about just how DC is kind of on the outs with the rock and how they're kind of just like, dude, you need to shut up and quit pumping this. You need to quit pumping your own hype machine. And then they came out this week and we're like, well, the numbers that rock released on his, on his Twitter and his socials, those are wrong. Those aren't accurate numbers. Black Adam did not do these numbers. And so they even kind of walked back and were like, what he's putting out isn't what this movie did. This movie did worse. And by all, it might have been the biggest opening for the in the Rock's career, but DC has all but come out and said this movie was a flop. This movie is a box office dud. Yeah. So, and when we find out that you have to yep. make, they consider it a success if you make triple uh, the budget that the movie made. It's like good night. That's that it was to make the movie. It's going to be hard to to recoup that with this and. Hopefully, we'll see what um, HBO Max does for it. But it wouldn't, like I said, Rock is. If you watch Young Rock on NBC, his TV show, he talks constantly about how he was always raised by his father in the professional wrestling business to work the gimmick, and it feels very much like what he's doing right here with with the whole like Henry Cavill in this movie, Superman. You know, it's exactly what it feels like he did while promoting Black Adam and continues to do is he was working the gimmick. And now it's kind of burned him in the face because they're like, well, you know, Henry Cavill's coming back. Now he's not. So in essential, DC just basically put it to bed. He's like, you can't work the gimmick anymore because we've already said he's ain't coming back. So what's your next angle to try and get a Black Adam to? Like, it's just not going to, to happen. I don't. I almost see maybe Black Adam being. Yeah. Could Black Adam be the movie like if Fast and the Furious couldn't do it? Is Black Adam the movie that knocks The Rock out of that superstar contention? Is it just that we're all tired of seeing The Rock in every movie? Like I don't. I don't know. He's clearly still a box office draw because it was his biggest opening yet. But after that, well, that was not where people are. You know. <laughs> I know you're very adamant that he's not an A-list actor, but it's just very—it's just frozen in a very. I was gonna say, Devin Air. The pose. movie obviously didn't flop because it because it sucked. I'm not seeing a lot of hate for the movie. Most people generally liked it. They just didn't go to theaters to see it. 
Yeah. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. So and DC I, can look at this and be like, look, we didn't make it. We didn't make an awful movie. This wasn't like a big mistake. Like, oh, we made all the wrong choices. Fans, people who did see the movie seemed to like it, but they just didn't get enough people on board. I don't. It's hard to judge them, this movie, honestly, because there's a lot of factors you look at it on like. It was a good DC movie, and I think that's where a lot of people are coming from. And it's it, it was a good DC movie. It was watchable, but it doesn't stand up against Marvel. And it wasn't like it didn't. It wasn't a needle mover to me. I found it. The pacing was bad. The story was all over the place. The CGI was okay. They really watered down this character. They shouldn't even have had Superman. They should have been Shazam at the end, not Superman just i felt like it missed on a lot of marks it was it was a good two hours but it you know it wasn't like terrible like i felt watching some movies but it wasn't great either i could i could never watch this movie again and i would be okay with that but um Eric Williamson says, well, it was a good movie. It was not a fun movie. It is not a feel-good movie. Yeah. True. Don't feel good at the end, heroic. But he, you shouldn't because he's an anti-hero. He's not, it's not, he's not made to make you feel good. But at the same time, you really couldn't tell I don't know. I, I feel like they couldn't tell what he was supposed to be and they didn't really know the tone of the character and where he should end. And cause I, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just watch the movie. If you have HBO max, go watch the movie and judge for yourself. It's, it's hard to, to fit this into a category, I guess. Matt, do you think but. maybe Black Adam should have been Shazam 2. It should have been a Shazovi featuring The Rock as Black Adam. Well, well, yeah, because if you look you know, at... Start them off as adversaries and then have a feel-good... You could have a feel-good ending with Shazam, you know, either victorious over Black Adam or they join up and they're both victorious. But yeah, maybe this should have been Shazam 2. Shazam 2, Rise of Black it, Adam, well, whatever you want to call it. Considering, depending on what origin of Black Adam you go off of, Shazam and the Fury of the Gods is essentially the the Black Adam origin because that's the whole thing is Black Adam wakes up, Billy Badson confronts him, they fight. He go Black Adam goes and gets the gods, you know, basically accumulates the gods to help him fight the Shazam family and that's pretty much what the one, you know, the most known, I think it's the new 52 origin of Black Adam. So it would make sense for Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods, to be where we get Black Adam in the, that confrontation. That confrontation should have started at the end of Black Adam and rolled into Shazam 2. So I, I just feel like, again, it's just another example of how DC doesn't understand the characters they're working with. Warner Brothers just doesn't understand these characters. And I feel like that's the main point that's very evident throughout all these <clears throat> these movies is 
why are you having Batman fighting space aliens instead of, you know, you can have him fight space aliens in the Justice League movie. That's fine. But like instead of street level characters, why is your first introduction to your Batman in this universe fighting your Superman? Like it's, that shouldn't be the case. And you should have had them have their own standalone movies and then some conflict brought into this to to make them face off it's just that's the whole my whole issue with the dc universe and black adam's another example is just that your finger is so far from the pulse you have all this source material and you just don't understand your characters like when when you go into marvel we've seen it they hand you an omnibus of things about this character they want you to play or they give you reading or they give you comics to to read to understand to know this character and i think other than maybe really thor and i don't know i'm sure there's some other instances but most of the characters feel totally correct is in marvel where dc they don't feel totally correct i don't understand why they had this whole we have to make superman brooding we have to you know make him instead of being the boy scout optimistic looking at the world with the truth justice in american way why does he have to be the brooding you know my daddy died emo like that's what you have batman for is to be that brooding my parents are dead emo you don't need that from superman and the I think that's one of my problems with, I think with Henry Cavill. Everything has to be edgy and dark. And- Maybe, but like I think that's my problem with Henry Cavill is that although he he looked his his look was good, the tone of the character, the way he, he just deadpan that character and played him very like even like Clark Kent, like if you watch the Donner cut, like or the the Christopher Reeve Superman stuff, like. His Superman was a little bit more serious and and things like that, but he still resembled Hope, whereas Clark Kent was kind of like bumbling, a little bit of a, a doofus. It, even Brandon Ralph's is kind of like that. But then you get Cavill, and it feels like his his Clark Kent was just as brooding as his Superman was. So it just tonally... No, Henry. I would not say Henry Cavill was a Boy Scout at I all. I think it's in like, Justice League. Not... This no, there's a scene in Justice League, and I think it's like Lois Lane in the bathtub, and then Clark Kent walks in, and they have this dialogue, and then just the fucking acting is so cringe on his part. The Tom just cut. didn't cut it for me. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's I think even like with Black <laughs> Adam, just not tonally. This is totally off. Um, Kevin Smith has made a bold prediction of what he thinks James Gunn should do in the new DC universe. Uh, Kevin Smith is making a bold prediction about the plans James Gunn and Peter Safran are cooking up at DC Studios. Gunn ultimately plan uh, is to recreate the iconic challenge of Super Friends. Imagine a live action franchise universe while talking to fan que- or while taking fan questions on his Fat Man on Batman podcast. Kevin Smith was asked about what popular movie of today he would have shown his 10-year-old self. Smith started in his, uh, on his breakdown of why the, fil- the film he would pick would be Avengers Endgame just to let his kid self know the epic comic book movie moment he would eventually get to see 
our Smith's description of Endgame's now iconic Avengers Assemble uh, charged into a final battle against Thanos quickly took a detour into DC territory. Smith says, my 10-year-old self, he'd be so fucking impressed by that. Like when they're all fucking do that cha- um, challenge of the super friends run at each other, which we now have a really good fucking chance of re- replicating with James Gunn and charge at DC. You know that at somewhere they're having a conversation going, well, we have to give eventually get there. Uh, we have to give the people what they want, call Civil War shot. Um, but we'll, but what will the, the challenge of super friends shot be called? Ah, uh, he moans. Um, that's what I want live action for, uh, from now, Mark. We'll show um, within the next five years, I'm predicting. So that gives me five years to stay alive to see the live action version of that. I remember being a kid and watching the show, watching challenge of the super friends and being like, look at them all running at each other. Uh, Smith recalled. And then they did it. Captain America, civil war. It was like, Oh my God, the Russos and Kevin Feige rocked it. And now we've got a chance to do the actual thing with the actual DC characters. And I bet you James Gunn gets us there. I have faith in James Gunn. So it sounds like Kevin Smith is, is very uh, on board with the gun running things in dc uh i don't know if challenge of the super friends and recreating that that iconic scene is really that big a deal but i'm glad he's happy about it anyway but here's a big one for you ish oh shit i'm jumping all over the place here we go uh warner brothers discovery announces that they uh the content write-offs and canceled shows they've shelved movies will be higher than originally declared as per the hollywood reporter the company stated in a uh, filing on wednesday that is now expected write-offs and impairment related to the content and development costs to figure between 2.8 billion and 3.5 billion the estimate is up 800 million to 1 billion Ooh. from the 2 billion to 2.5 billion initially projected in october Due to the higher content write-offs, Warner Brothers Discovery now believes it to- um, its total resurrection and impairment charges stemming from the merger of Warner Media and Discovery will be between $4.1 billion and $5.3 billion. Shelving all of that stuff is going to cost them $4.1 to $5.3 billion. Billions of dollars of write-offs. Wow. Like they so, are really, uh, so other than Batgirl, what's what's included on this list was officially being shelved. Well, they so Batgirl, um, Wonder Twins, Superman, Man of Steel two, um, Blue. They're still pushing Blue Beetle, but who knows how far that gets? Really, if that actually even sees the light of day, even if they're putting out posters, um. So far, they've canceled a bunch of animated stuff. Like Wonder Twins, that was a, that's not a made movie, right? Uh, they were they had already started casting. They were already in the casting phases. Um, they were getting ready. To, they were already into pre production and things like that. They canceled it. I think they canceled it right as they were about to go start uh, shooting the movie. And they canceled. They canceled Batgirl right in the middle of the movie. They canceled. Um. What else? Uh, DC animated short, the Batman animated stuff they're supposed to do for 
uh, HBO Max. They've canceled a bunch of stuff that was supposed to come to HBO Max, like Green Lanterns. Um, they've canceled a lot of a lot of DC properties. But yeah, they pretty much canceled the all of DC. Wonder Woman dollars, two, so. yes, Wonder Woman That's two. Crazy. Or no, Wonder Woman three projects yet. What's that? That they haven't. It's not like they've spent these billions of dollars already. Well, I mean, Batgirl was the one think. completed movie. Yeah, they say they said they spent almost like a hundred million on it. Well, and they would had they wanted what another hundred million for reshoots, and then think of all the yeah. money they've dumped into the Flash, all the money they would um kind of what along your point here, Warner Brothers let's say Aquaman 2, Warner Brothers reduces James Wan's Aquaman 2 reshoot budget. According to a new report from Variety, before James Gunn and Peter Safran took over as CEOs of DC Studios, Warner Brothers co-chief Pamela Abdi told Wan to reduce his budget for reshoots on the Aquaman sequel. After 2018's Aquaman made over $1 billion at the box office, becoming the second highest grossing DC movie of all time, Warner, Warner Brothers, Wan and Warner Brothers immediately moved forward with the sequel. However, as the company continues to cut down on expenses and aimed its restructuring, it uh, it constrains Juan while reshooting with, yeah, Fallen already cost a reported $205 million to produce this movie. And now think of how much more they want to dump into it for reshoots. Sure. So now, so now Aquaman 2 needs to make a billion dollars for that, for it to not be a flop. Well, I think it needs to make more than a billion. I mean, these budgets are out of control, people. obviously. So, what did they say? It's three or times at least a billion to, to break even. Yeah. Well, they say for it to be considered a success, it has to be three times the budget to make the movie. Right. So, two hundred and five million, or or, or it's you. Sometimes you can't half the worldwide gross minus yeah. production budget minus marketing. So With marketing, yeah, that's probably what makes it like you got to do it three times because they spent so much on advertising. But with the canning of Cavill, like it's caused people like the fans are in uproar now. They're demanding the Flash. They're just like, well, why even continue on with this world at all if you're going to reboot it? Cancel the Flash. Cancel Aquaman. Just shelve all those like it's it's just crazy like that massive write-off and i guess now's the time to do it if you're gonna do it do it now where you can recoup some of that money through the merger but that's a lot that's a lot of money billions of dollars just pissed away you know like good night yep i just don't understand what dc's even doing over here anymore it's i don't know yes joe's doing they are just clearing the the deck for james gunn um aquaman 2 has been hanging out there for a long time because of covid it kept getting pushed i was actually shocked that got pushed into next year um (laughs) disney's the way to go hartman lol get that disney bag yeah um but but james gunn is looking to move 
his move is to go younger, like we were talking about. He's looking to move on a younger Superman, and Superman's going to be a big part of it, and they're going to go younger, where it's a different, a younger period in Superman's life, but it's not going to be a reboot. <sighs> okay. Like, I understand, like, he's not talking a lot about what their roadmap, but you would think that you got to give people something to get them excited and saying, oh, well, we're not going to move forward with Henry Cavill, but we're going to move forward with Superman and it's going to be younger Superman. It's going to be the moment, a younger moment in his life. And, um, you know, it's not going to be a reboot. You know what that's called? It's called Smallville. You already did it with Smallville. We've already seen how many more stories of a younger Superman can we, are you going to go do Superman year one? Like, it's not going to be a reboot, but are you going to tell the story of his first year as Superman? Yeah, but gen- general audiences haven't seen general audiences haven't seen Smallville, so this would be new to them. Yeah, uh, are you? I mean, are you running in line to see a <laughs> a young Superman movie, The Young Adventures of Superman? Um. With a young Lex it would not be it would not detract from me I'm down I mean I'm interested to see where James Gunn takes us but I I kind of was hoping honestly I mean I said it from the beginning I said Superman is going to be I said Man of Steel 2 is going to be the wagon that James Gunn hitches his, himself to and directs to try and make that splash and now it it seems like that's not going to be the case, but Superman is the character. It feels like he's going to hitch his wagon to try and make that splash. It's it, it just to me it feels like James Gunn is very good when he's working with obscure characters that nobody knew about, cared about, or was really relevant until this point. Guardians of the Galaxy, Peacemaker. Um, I mean, if you really get down to the nitty gritty of it. Was his Justice League movie that grandiose? Was it that groundbreaking? Was it that great? Was it, if you compare it side to side to Guardians 1, which is the better movie? In my opinion, Guardians 1 is the better movie. But I don't know if, but I almost feel like some of that is because people already knew the Suicide Squad. We already were introduced to the Suicide Squad. We do the Ayers stuff. We weren't freshly given James Gunn's Suicide Squad like we were with Guardians of the Galaxy. I think if it was a fresh, nobody knew the Suicide Squad. If it was a fresh take, it would have been a different situation. But because he had Rick Flagg in there, because he had Harley Quinn, because he had Boomerang, because he had some of these entities that were already given to us in the Ayers cut, does that affect the quality or the way you view the quality of his Suicide Squad movie, because to me it kind of does. So it it makes me wonder. I think you should start more obscure with his character selection to kick off this universe, rather than starting with Superman. Like starting with Superman, I feel is is the wrong move because through all the Snyder stuff through 
everything that we've had thrown at us, we've had Superman and Batman just fucking jam down our throat. And if you watch Saturday Night Special, we talked last week about how DC had a pl- rumored plan of a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton as ba- as old man Bruce Wayne. Billion dollar movie, man. You get Timothy Charlemagne, or however you say his name, to be Terry McGinnis. You get, you know, your young, your old man Bruce Wayne, your Michael Keaton old man Bruce Wayne. That's a billion dollar plus movie. Everybody's going to see that. That's the biggest draw of the Flash movie right now. And that was the biggest draw of Batgirl is people want to see Keaton back in the role of Bruce Wayne. When you think of Batman, there's two names that are very, very iconic. I, I tip my hat, you know, to everyone who's played that character. I tip my hat. Well, okay, I'll give you three names that are I can't iconic to, to Batman because I can't I can't deny the third. You got your Adam West, Michael Keaton, and everyone knows the third because he just Kevin Conroy, you know? Those are your three Batman that you're just iconic names. And you nobody Christian Bale was good. Uh, but Christian Bale's time as Batman is overshadowed by Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. Um Jack Nicholson was kind of on or Nicholas or was kind of on par with um I feel he was on par with Keaton in that movie. So one wasn't really outshining the other. Adam of you know the Adam West stuff is campy and goofy, but and the Kevin Conroy is iconic for Batman the Animated Series. Why are you going to continue to shove these characters down our throat? Give us characters we haven't seen before. Give us an obscure character. Let James Gunn come in and, and play in a sandbox with characters that nobody has you know expectations. Black Adam for. is. <laughs> But Black Adam wasn't his movie, though. And Black Adam is pretty much... Really, if you strip it down, Black Adam is just a more emo version of Superman. And Shazam is pretty much the same thing. It's He's Superman just with instead of kryptonite, he uses magic, you know? So, like, I just feel like there, there should just be some obscure characters that you let him play with to reboot this franchise before you bring in Superman, before you bring in Batman, let let people kind of kind of do what Marvel's doing with the Fantastic Four and the X Men is let that bad taste get washed out of people's minds, and don't dive in to this new franchise putting so much expectation on yourself. Like, there's if you kick off and say we're going to lead this charge with the Superman movie, you're hard to man already putting way more expectation on yourself than you would if you were like, if you were just maybe blue beetle or imagine, imagine how people would talk about DC. If James Gunn came, comes in and goes, we're going to start our new franchise with static shock. People are like people like us who are talking heads on the internet, the comic book community are going to go static shock. Why static shock? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you start with Batman or Superman? If he started this universe where Batman and Superman are already a looming entities and you start with someone like Static Shock and that movie blows you away, James Gunn's automatically looks like a genius, right? Like, look at the way people talk about him with Peacemaker. 
he took a character that really had one issue was totally irrelevant and launched him into superstardom where he became like the biggest thing in comics where they're putting him in the suicide. They're putting him in everything now because of his popularity. Imagine just if they took someone like static shock, gave you that movie and it was amazing. It was level of guardians of the galaxy level. Good. And then you launched your, your universe from there. You build off your universe from there. In three years, four years, we'll say five years to be more realistic. I think the tone of DC changes. Your people's uh, perspective or of DC in the DC universe changes. It's going to be Snyder who? You know, Snyder, what do you mean? Snyder, no, 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 no. That, that, we don't talk about those. Yeah, we don't need JLA. We don't need right off the bat. You can build to that. We don't need super friends right off the bat. I don't think, I think your, your way to go with this new DC is we've had so much Batman, so much Superman, a little bit of Flash, so much Wonder Woman, and now we're going so much Aquaman. Let those characters be. Let them be looming entities in the DCU and build with them in the background. Build off some of these other characters you have. Don't, why, why do you have to rush to see, to see Superman? Why do you have to rush to see Batman? Like we've seen it. Let them be. I think people would be more, people love the X-Men. So they want to see the X-Men. It's been a few years since we've had X-Men movie now. Same with the Fantastic Four. So people are kind of getting to that where we want to see him. We want to see him in the MCU. People are clamoring to see him in the MCU because they want to see him done right. How about Green Lantern? You could start with Green Lantern. I mean, that's that would be a good jumping on point, even though you know the Ryan Reynolds one still kind of leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. But you could start there. You could start with a Hal Jordan or no, that's been long yeah. enough. That's been long enough. You think so? Yeah, okay. You could start with a good Green Lantern movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, to kick off your um, good Martian Manhunter movie. Like you have these other DC characters that are there waiting. You have such a, a vast, vast, like the flash is so I put the flash in that category because like you got the TV show. Like what about great? What about green arrow? Like you can kick it off with green arrow. Yeah. Do what, do what the CW did and, why not start your universe with Green Arrow? You do a different version, a more accurate, you know, Oliver Queen. But you could start it with Green Arrow. You could start it with, hopefully, maybe they'll start it with Blue Beetle. Static Shock. There's just other characters you could roll into to start your universe rather than your your big, your big names like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Let those be. Let those set for a little bit and start somewhere else but who am i i'm just a talking head on an internet show you know who i'm not james gunn i don't but my fear is my fear is is that in 10 years i know that's a long time that would put me at almost 50 um 10 years time, I think your 
with the formula and the MO of James Gunn, it's he gets you that first time and then his stuff becomes a lot, very repetitive. And so I'm afraid that in you know, the, everyone's talking about this James Gunn stuff now, but in 10 years with James Gunn style, is it, is it just going to be that same thing where we're like, it's the same old DC? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. What do you think? Ish, I've been talking a lot because you have shitty internet. Well, has an affinity for, uh, you know, the quirkier characters of these comic book universes. So, and we can't expect that, you know, probably to do what he did with Peacemaker to someone else. I think Green Lanterns definitely could be up James Gunn's alley, you know, for something maybe he would even direct as opposed to just being an executive producer. Mm-hmm. Joe's Doolin says, not every superhero can be a wise ass, and that's James uh, Gunn's shtick. Of these are main characters, they've always sold, so it's hard with Superman because they're going to be like, Well, you're breaking up really that's, bad. That's what we're works. not that's catching, what always worked. We didn't catch anything of what you said. I think you need to you need to quit torrenting on LimeWire while you're on the show, ish. I don't know. It's just it's just internet was cracking out there. Um nope. <laughs> watched that. I feel like my browser and Ish's connection are linked. Possibly. We're gonna, but Ish is in the Captain Pike chair. One beep for two. Yes, two for no. <laughs> oh, I think am, am I back? Yes, you are. You're back now. What were you saying? Can you hear that? <laughs> I did hear that. Yes. Okay. Woo! I don't even know what I was saying. Well, I was saying, uh, I was saying, uh, um, gone instead of just executive producer. If he wants to direct a DC movie, uh, Green Lantern might be right up his alley. Or Booster I think Gold. he's going to. I think he's going to be the first one to do it because he's. They're making all that fuss about him taking over. It would only make sense that he's the first. He directs the first movie to kick off his his universe, right? You gonna kick off this big universe? I don't think he has to, but. I think he does. Yeah, but that's you're also, but you're also the big boss. So that's like the big boss coming in and be like, "Well, I get you know first turn at everything," as opposed to his role is actually to delegate, find the right people, you know, instead of going, "Well, I'm the right person." But they Zatanna, might that, this, yes. has, this should be a James Gunn movie. Yes, Joe's doing that's a that's a good point. Zatanna would be a good one for him to do. But well, if you're not gonna get James Gunn in there saying, to direct, um, go ahead. Oh, I was also saying um, about Superman and Batman. Studio, 
don't go with these characters that for 80 years have been your mainstays, have been, you know, your big money makers. But like you said, find a nice balance where it's not necessarily a Batman movie, but he can appear, or else he can loom in the story. Yeah. So maybe they find a balance. But you can't you, you can't do DC movies and not at least have some kind of Superman or Batman. Because that's expect and that's you know they're for they're it's for a reason that they're you know the the foundational characters it's like the mcu without spider-man that would never work but i think that at yes this i'm point, filming aboard the iss space station i think at this point though you with those characters your batman your superman like you would almost need i think like if they did doomsday right or something like that you would you would need that thanos level event to have these those characters in it i think that's what dc dc should do in my opinion is they should build up their universe with their smaller characters but have those three you know superman batman wonder woman be your big looming characters that everyone's trying to live up to be and that when they have you don't see these characters until there's that big like world shattering event that's going to happen and that's when they make their appearance because they're your your heavy yeah. hitters, you know. You build your universe where they're in the background, they're referenced. You can see them; they make appearances every once in a while, but they're not really present and in the forefront until there's just like that world-shattering event where your core heroes that have met are just getting demolished, and they have to come in and kind of save the day, like. Uh, Captain Marvel, what they tried to do with Captain Marvel in Avengers Endgame, you know, where they were all fighting Thanos and getting their butt kicked, and she came in as the heavy hitter, you know. That's I feel like that's kind of what those three characters should be, is they should be your heavy hitters, <clears throat> not necessarily your everyday go-to heroes. Those should be your trump cards of when shit is really hitting the fan and the situation is dire. That's when you call in your heavy hitters. But that's probably not the, we're probably going to get 16 more Batman movies and 12 more Superman movies and another Wonder Woman movie. And they're just going to keep <laughs> jamming that shit sandwich down your throat. They're like, oh, cover it in ranch. Does that taste better? Nope. Still tastes like shit. Oh, well, how about this? You know? All right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. let's be fair. I don't think Batman movies have been shit sandwiches. Other than maybe Batman Forever. Batman Returns. Like, I'm sorry, still a fan Batman. of all the I'm still a fan of all the Batman movies. Batman Returns Batman is amazing. Forever. What are you kidding me? Batman and Robin. No, I'll give you Batman Returns. But Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, Dark Knight Rises. I still I enjoy Batman and Robin. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. It's, Superman Batman. It's not a bad movie. Not by any what, means. Dark Knight Rises. It's not great, but yeah. it's not. We nitpick it to death, but there's there's a lot of arguments that can be made in favor of that movie. Also, Joe's Doolin says Batman is only as good as his villains. I don't because I don't know because you have. I disagree with that because Val Kilmer. <laughs> Didn't matter who I else think, was in the movie, Val Kilmer still sucked as Batman. I really think Batman is only as good as 
the people that are writing him because they have the the ability to take characters that on paper are very stupid calendar man riddler like if you really think about it the riddler just sounds like a dumb character until you actually see somebody write him and how maniacal and and you know sadistic they make him like the joker just sounds like a serial killer yes but some of his like clay face batman you know clay face riddler penguin sounds like a stupid villain like it's I, I really think a lot of the credit's got to go to who writes Batman for how iconic that rogues gallery is. But what's up, JP? How's it going, guys? I see. What's your What's your thought on all the James Gunn and Henry Cavill stuff? What's up, Ish? It's been a while. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was kind of shocked to see that. I felt uh, I first. The note that Cavill put out on Instagram or Twitter, whatever he did, was really classy of him. I don't know if you guys already talked about that, but it showed how much class that guy has. And nothing against James Gunn. Obviously, he's building his own universe, but it kind of was crappy that, uh, you know, that he left The Witcher and gave all it up to expect to be playing Superman again. And then two months later, he's he's cast out. So that's just unfortunate. Um, I'm hoping he gets a role at Marvel. I see, I see he's doing that Warhammer 4,000 or 40,000. 40K. And, mm-hmm. and everyone's acting like that's his next big role, but I don't think that is. I, I think he has a bigger role at Marvel, hopefully. Dr. Doom. <laughs> I I don't know if he would want to have the, the mask on the whole time or if he's going to play like they did in the first Fantastic Four where he was – not in the mask, not in costume until like the end of the show. But eventually he's going to have to be in the outfit. And I'm not sure if that's Cavill's better there or he's better as Hyperion or, or Sentry or what. I, I don't know. I don't want to see him as Sentry because I don't want him to go right back into playing that Superman-esque type character again. Right. I'd like to see him do something else in the, in the MCU if that's what they're going to do. I think Doom, like Doom, he still kind of gives you that badass just superman esque but it's a villain it's a different it's a different slate different tone for cavill um what about mr sinister uh i'm still i'm still on the john ham ham team for mr sinister um captain britain that would be that's right that's the one i think that would probably make the most sense is it just because he's british though (laughs) he doesn't have to hide his accent right and I think that's where a lot of people are all oh, Captain Britain because he's British and yeah, and, uh, I would like, I don't know, Doom. Doom would be a good one. But what do you think about DC um, going younger and younger Superman and giving us younger adventures? And I wasn't a huge reader of Superman, but when I was looking through some of the YouTube and and um, internet today. Uh, checking on the changes that the storyline they're going to go with. A couple of them seem pretty cool. Um, in my in my eyes, I, th- I thought it's a good way they might be able to go a different direction. I'm not sure why he needs to go younger, but I don't know what, what, what James Gunn's planning to do, but I guess we'll find out. But a couple storylines were from the 90s, which was neat. And then he was talking, they were what they were talking about was the storyline. I think the man is still from 86. But do you really was- want... 
90s because 90s was not a good time in, in Superman comics anyway like the death of Superman kind of derailed a lot yeah, I, I, I think what they said was the 86 storyline that John Byrne wrote was the one they were going to do so that's the one that made that made sense to me because that was Man of Steel that was a younger version of him and it I never read that one but I've seen that a hundred times in the <laughs> antique stores and always passed over it. <laughs> so understand it was a good read, but I wasn't uh, I wasn't a huge fan of that until of Superman until Death of Superman. But obviously the movies I was a big fan of, but not the uh, not the comics until Death of Superman. Joe's Doolin says people know Superman, but no one cares about Superman. Yeah, we uh, we talked about that last week about the what's it called the uh, relevance now. Yeah, he's not. I, I don't know. I just don't want the mullet <laughs> 90s Superman. That's back in style. I see kids all every day. At, I know. Like, <laughs> I know. That's What's going insane. on here? <laughs> but um, we were talking about James Gunn. If if he needs to direct that first movie or Ish says he could just be more of like the the head boss and delegate and it sounds like maybe that's what will happen with Ben Affleck maybe returning to the DC universe at some point in the future but this time it will be as in the director chair for the Hollywood Reporter DC Studio CEO James Gunn and Peter Safran recently met with Ben Affleck Ben uh, to discuss the possibility of him directing for them in the future according to sources familiar with the conversation no deal is in place for him to helm a DC future uh, feature at this stage Gunn later confirmed the reports himself just hours after THR broke the news. Gunn wrote the following on Twitter. Met with Ben yesterday um, because we want him to direct and we want him... Um... Oh, there's... It's just friend. Um, met with Ben yesterday uh, precisely because he wants to direct and we want him to direct. We just have to find the right project. Hey, everybody. Hello. Ish, do you want to introduce your your guest? I guess not. Can you guys Ish hear me? Like <laughs> yep, we hear like, you. We hear you good. He's got terrible internet. He's like got a five second delay from everyone else. Okay, I can introduce myself if you want. Go ahead. Okay, my name's Kenny. I live in Washington State. I uh, went to film school with Ishvan like twenty years ago. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> And I'm a fan of the show, and Ish invited me on, so I just want to say, hi, guys. How's it going? Hope I'm, oh, sorry I'm late. I was at work. You're good. No worries. Yeah, we've just been nice fighting through uh, Ish's terrible internet. Hey, what's up, so. Kenny? How you doing, bud? He'll, you he'll hear, hear that in about five minutes. <laughs> okay. It's, it's I like how I could hear. Can you guys hear me? And then nuts tonight. your mouth. <laughs> you see you mouth it <laughs> later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, is there a delay? A delay on mine or? No, 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 no. On Ish. Oh, okay. It's Ish Savans is his internet is terrible. Oh, bummer. What are you guys talking about? Is that Ben Affleck uh, coming back to the DC universe? Yeah, dude, I'm talking about him directing um, a movie for James Gunn's new universe that he's trying to put together. Oh, so what do you guys think? I'm for it. I. I'm glad he's not going to be Batman. I, I love him as Black, Batman, but they need to get away from the Snyder stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to know what Ish thought because he thought that 
I said James Gunn probably comes out and directs that first movie of his new universe just to kind of set the tone. Makes but sense. He says thinks that as being the big boss, he's kind of got to delegate it out. Um, and I, maybe Ben Affleck is who he's going to delegate it to and tap to do the first, the first movie out of his universe. But do they one, know yet what the first movie is going to be or? Um, they haven't released any information yet other than him saying that su- they're going to do a Superman movie with a younger Superman. He said, we'll find out more in the beginning of the new year, but right now that is all he's giving us. So I'm assuming I would say that's a safe bet to say that they're probably going to start it with Superman. Yeah. I heard that they just, uh, recast or they guess they let, um, uh, Henry Cavill go today. So much. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not really a big Henry Cavill fan. Are you guys? I, I did not. I'm not a fan of his Superman at all. Like at all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big Snyder universe fan in general. I'm not a big Zack Snyder fan. Um, You know, I liked a couple of his movies like Dawn of the Dead and um, you know, that Watchmen was okay. I thought, but I I was never a big fan of 300 and I I never liked Man of Steel. I I am a big Superman fan and I just was not down with the whole, you know, uh, dark uh, gritty, whatever they were going for. And I, I, yeah, just never. So I'm glad James Gunn is taking over it because I'm a big James Gunn fan. And Ben Affleck's a great director. I mean, he did like Argo and Gone to Be Gone and stuff. So I mean, yeah, it makes sense that he would do a directing job. Yeah, I think he could do a good job with it, given those mm-hmm. those last movies you talked about. I was trying to think in my head what he had directed recently, besides like being involved in Kevin Smith movies. So I'm glad right, you said it. Right. Now, yeah. Now I'm like, oh yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. So he's a good director, but we don't really know what movie he's doing or what's going on. So it's hard to say, like, oh, would he be a good fit for that or that? So, but we'll see, I guess. But I'm, I'm excited about James Gunn taking over because I thought the DCU was a mess for a while. It was, and it's going to be a mess now as they work through everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I, they, I saw something posted today about all the trailers that were nothing, all the post credit scenes that turned into nothing. And that <laughs> yeah. Black Adam, I mean, that was the yeah. reason I went to see Black Adam was to see Henry Cavill at the end of it. And that means nothing now. And so, Right, yeah. And uh, that was kind of weird because I didn't see Black Adam because I've been talking so much shit about DC movies. I finally had to not see one, you know, to like, to, to everyone could like, you know, not give me crap for going to see everyone. But yeah, that seemed like to be like the big reveal, although they didn't even fight. They just kind of met up at the end. I saw like the stinger online. It was just like, hey, I'm Black Adam. Hey, I'm Superman. And then they kind of jump at each other. And then it's, that's the stinger. So I was thought that would have been a big disappointment. I thought I was waiting for like a Superman Black Adam showdown or something. You know? But yeah, it's not yeah. happening now. Well, we, we were talking about that earlier is that it, it's been coming out that a lot of people inside DC feel that The Rock, that Dwayne Johnson was was pushing for Kev, Henry Cavill to come back and that he was mm-hmm. it was part of his contract that he wanted him to come back. He wanted that post-credit scene as a kind of bargaining chip to cement his place in this DCU going EU going forward. So he kind of mm-hmm. was more relevant and was kind of a mainstay in their future plans. Right. And so they are looking at him and they're like, why don't you shut up? Because he's sitting here pushing Henry Cavill as Superman and talking all the Superman and almost like he forced their hand to, to bring him back. And then when black Adam mm-hmm. didn't do as good as they thought it was going to do. And it, he wasn't, yeah. it was his biggest box office opening, but, that movie wasn't an instant box office success. They were like, you know what? Forget this guy. We don't care what you do now. And we're going to just nix all of this. And so they were like, oh, you know, that's why they had him come out and say, oh, I'm coming back to Superman. And then now they're saying, oh, well, you're, you're not going to do that. We're, we're going to move forward. So I think Black Adam was that last life support for DC. 
and yeah. as far as new characters go, and then they're going to be like, eh, well, we're going to pull the plug. And I've heard Black Adam is maybe quietly one of like the biggest box office bombs of all time. They haven't really disclosed what it really like cost or like you know lost or whatever. But but some of these things I've heard like they need to make like six hundred, seven hundred million dollars to break even. They're hoping they all become billion dollar movies like Aquaman or something. But yeah, it didn't even get four hundred million like worldwide. So I think if you know, Black Adam would have been a huge success. They might have kept going with, you know, listening to The Rock. But I think they already knew Black Adam wasn't going to do much because they already signed on James Gunn to take over the DCU before Black Adam even opened, I think. So, you know, yeah, it's I, I think they're wise to try to retool the whole thing because I think Black Adam might be one of like, the biggest box office bombs ever in terms of money just lost. That was well, my favorite be- movie of 2022. Come on now. Well, and I think the pandemic played a big well, issue in that What too, else is there? Because- all those movies got pushed like black adam probably would have come sure. out i believe was supposed to come out before um this year and then got pushed because of covid the same with the flash mm-hmm. same with aquaman too those all continue being pushed so it's more so like what are you it, it feels like to jp's point a lot of like what are you doing now and none of this lines up because covid has pushed so much out and there's so many you know they've had to make so much many changes along the way since these movies sure. have been in the can and made, but I think they were saying that an insider said for a movie to be considered profitable in Hollywood, it has to make triple what it costs them to make the film. Yeah. Two and a half times uh, what it costs to break even is the old saying basically. Yeah. So, so yeah, movie costs like 300, 400 million. It better make about a billion you know, to break even. I've heard the new avatar too has like James Cameron even said like, on record, like it has to be the sixth or seventh highest box office grossing movie ever in the United States to break even. And then they'll see. So they're expecting it to just be, you know, gangbusters. Well, I'm afraid that they're going to just continue to pump that into theaters until they're going to keep that movie yeah. in theaters as long as they can until, until it'll do that. Right. Um, right. But they're already saying, <laughs> yeah, they're already <laughs> saying like, right, bring it back. Pre projections. That's going to, it's already on its way to just be a, a monster at the box office so oh sure well nothing's really released every christmas they right. usually release a bunch of movies and everyone's just gotten out of the way of avatar this christmas there's nothing really you know in competition with it usually there's a bunch of big oscar contenders or a bunch of big block like lord of the rings or something every year but this year it's like everyone's just gotten the fuck out of the way of avatar's way <laughs> like this seemed like the, the time of year star wars would be at, you know a star mm. wars movie would be hitting the theaters or right a marvel movie there'd be something there to to compete with it and yeah, yeah. Like, to your point it just feels like they've kind of done they've pushed marvel movies till the beginning of next year mm-hmm. to, to try and get out of the way of, of avatar because i think everyone's afraid that it's just going to be this massive blockbuster that the first one was mm-hmm. and if it's anything less i think no matter how much it makes if it doesn't perform as good as if not better than the first i think it's going to be considered a failure failure well I, i'm coming in late to the conversation have you guys talked about avatar 2 yet are you guys excited for avatar 2 it opened today i have no i really have no interest in avatar 2 at mm. all like god the first one came out how many years ago and 2009 yeah so it came out in 2009 and it was basically just fern gully if you remember fern gully it was fern gully and dances with wolves it was pretty derivative of a bunch of movies yeah so it's just like i have no interest in the second one at all and in the way of water it's like all right i don't i don't care about these characters anymore you've lost me it's been so many years that yeah i don't want to go sit through the three and a half hours the first one was or whatever it is and then 
hearing that this one's almost pushing four hours, it's oh. like, I don't want to yeah. go commit that much of my time to <laughs> sitting in a theater to watch this movie. What's funny is I would have had no problem committing three different seatings at Endgame. I saw it three times and wow. loved every one of it. Yeah. But I would not go see Avatar at four hours. <laughs> I well, let, me I <laughs> okay, let me ask you guys this. Okay. If someone says you have to sit through four hours of Avatar or we could just waterboard you for one minute, what, <laughs> what, what would you pick? Watering on the waterboarding. <laughs> Waterboarding for one minute, that's over. Yeah, I, I would yeah. probably take the w one minute of waterboarding over sitting through uh, four hours of Avatar. Because I was not a fan. I love James Cameron. I'm a huge Cameron fan, but I was not on board with Avatar. I really disappointed that he's apparently like dedicated the rest of his life to making Avatar sequels. I don't know what's left to really say with the story. I don't care. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Avatar just kind of blew by me. I did not get what the whole phenomenon was about at all. So I'm not excited to see the new one at all. Well, he's been such a um, pioneer of the technology in the movies that sure when he did terminator 2 and then did avatar it was such a huge uh new new thing at the time and he started those you know that type of tech and those movies but i never saw it in a the theater at least avatar i didn't care and i've mm -hmm. seen it on on uh, tbs i think or tnt and that was enough mm -hmm. for me i don't need to see it again and i would rather like i said end game is the marvel stuff was more my cup of tea and i could i'll watch it but i won't run out to the theater to see any one of those movies yeah um yeah i don't, I don't know it's hard saying for me if you go to see three-hour movies anymore in a theater i just get kind of restless and it's it's okay at home we can pause it and kind of keep doing stuff but yeah three-hour movies in general just seem like a <laughs> real investment yeah yep yep plus uh the price you gotta pay i'd rather i'd rather watch it at home like you said popcorn sure, yeah. and, and pausing it so mm -hmm. i do like but to support my local theater though because theaters are struggling and it's like uh, local theaters anyway you know the big the big chains it's like whatever but yeah I, I try to get out and support the theater if i have half an interest in anything i like seeing stuff on the big screen with an audience but now with like you know sur surround sounds and these big widescreen tvs and everything's just almost instant access and stuff like knives out coming out to netflix in a couple weeks anyway why am i gonna leave the house and get, get pay for parking and all this other shit you know well, well that's my, how i am too like to me the movie theater is still it's a spectacle it's still an experience like i go there to for the mm -hmm. smell of popcorn to watch a, a movie like that of people to hear their reaction the gasps mm -hmm. as things are happening like it's it, it it is a it's something that my wife and i enjoy to do and now yeah i would much rather go to a theater to see a movie but like four and a half hours for avatar like it's just four and a half there are hours. things That's about just... like the, the three and a half hours yeah the trailer that mm -hmm. it piqued my interest like when you watch the trailer on tv like you you see when they're like diving through the water, they're expanding across the the borders of the the screen into the black sections and and things like that, and the, the coolness of that. But it makes me want to know if the whole movie's like that. But then again, I'm like, do I really want to commit that much time just to find out? It's just I don't know. None of it seems that amazing to me. It just seems like a like transition scene in like a video game. <laughs> like it just looks so. Nothing seems very realistic about it at all. I never really bought into the whole. Uh, whatever, whatever that world's called, like Utopia or something like that, or Pandora. Pandora, Pandora. There you go. Yeah, and I just never, never, I was never wowed or amazed. I thought the floating mountains made no fucking sense, and you know, I, I wasn't part of those uh, people that were. Do you, remember, do you remember hearing about those stories? I think like they did, like people were like suicidal after they came out of Avatar because they could. It wasn't real. There's no real Pandora. They did these like big like news stories on how people were like depressed and suicidal after Avatar because Avatar wasn't real after they left the theater. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I felt that way after Endgame, but not Pan. Yeah, not, not, not Avatar. Not, not Avatar. <laughs> it's, just crazy. it's crazy. 
yeah, yeah. No, yeah, but I don't. I, that one passed me by. <laughs> I felt that way after you know Black Adam. I was just like, oh man, Black Black Adam's not real. I'm going to kill myself. I feel that way now after I spent the money, and then it's not going to mean anything trying to see the Henry Cavill scene. So I'm ticked. <laughs> uh, we hardly we, Henry Cavill. We hardly knew ye. Yeah. I mean, going back to to Superman, you both yeah. both of you. I don't think either one of you guys liked Man of Steel, right? No, Matt. I was not a Man of Steel no. at all. It, it was. I anticipated that movie because I have a, I have two boys. I have, I have four kids, but my two boys mm-hmm. used to. Uh, they didn't grow up with the Superman. I think. Well, I guess Superman Returns they had, but both of my boys must have watched the seventies Superman. Would always oh, yeah. dress up in like the Superman outfit, put a suit over top of it, and then like to go through a spinny door and like come out with the cape on and ready to go. So they love Superman. So I was so looking forward to like the new Superman that would rival right. Clark Kent or uh, Christopher Reeves. Mm-hmm. And it was good, but I mean, I it was gritty and dark and not what I expected of Superman. But I, I did like the character. I thought he fit a Superman role uh, really well. He wasn't but, terrible, but I didn't think he really had much. I don't know. Like Christopher Reeve, like you said, is just really imprinted in my mind as Superman yep. from being a kid. It's hard to top that. And I just didn't like the kind of dark, edgy, like intense vibe of the whole thing. Um, I think I actually I walked out of it very early when Russell Crowe was writing a pterodactyl and being a badass. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm fucking out of here. I fucking hate this. Yeah. So. I didn't. I saw this. I saw the trailers and I was like, what are they doing here? What is this going to be? Yeah, and and then I I think we we finally saw it, and I was like ah, I, I, you know I like some scenes, but I, I don't think any scene. No one will be Christopher Reeves again. He had a much, he he seemed more of a Superman role. Cavill looked the role, but never had the vocs the vocabulary not right. the vocabulary, but the the writing to make that similar in that regard. He looked more of the role, but didn't really act the role. Um, but nothing beats the helicopter, oh, Lois yeah. Lane scene That's from. I mean, that was, I mean, I still watch this day and gets goosebumps. So, um, mm-hmm. but like, but again, back to Avatar and that some movies like Superman make you feel that Avatar, Avatar 2, Man of Steel, just some of them fall flat and yeah. that's just what happens. As much as they hype it, you're not going to get that. And some movies will, they'll never leave your brain because of what feeling you had when you saw them. And uh, Harry Williams says, I think the new audiences don't have attention span or interest in theater going. I think it'll die out completely when they watch everything on their phones and bite-sized content. We'll see. I was well, mad when they brought it back out just to beat Endgame, brought the original Avatar back out in a the theater to beat Endgame. I was mad because mm-hmm. Endgame was going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll do the same thing here. Like you said, they'll keep it in theaters as long as they can until, you know, until Ant-Man comes out. <laughs> Well, a lot, of, a lot of times theaters have contracts with these movies where they have to show it for a month. They can't, they can't not show it for a month. It's like in the contract. So it's a lot of times they, they don't have a choice. Like you'll do Disney Star Wars or whatever. They have to show it for a month. Yeah, that was a big thing when during the pandemic with Universal and uh, I want to say AMC theaters where they were wanted to only do a, a short amount of time and Universal threatened to not show their movies there because they want them in the big screen. That's where their moneymaker is. They don't make the the money on home box office like they do in theaters so right what was that last little pop-up that guy joe something about giving a hand job in a theater? <laughs> said i can't bring myself to go to a theater all they are good for is overpriced concessions and bad hand jobs oh man well he's never got one of my hand jobs in a theater so hey you know <laughs> don't uh don't be throwing that uh shade at me pal yeah who, is, who are you getting hand jobs from in the theaters yeah, joe, yeah, so bad. yeah. 
my my theater has no heat, so ain't ain't nothing gonna be. <laughs> oh, it's it's practical to give a hand job at that point. Just keep each other warm. warm something yeah. up, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah. Yeah. How do you have a theater with no heat? Oh my God, we yeah. have one like a mile from my house. Which, whenever Star Wars, the um, what was it called, the uh, uh, Force Awakens came out, I was so hyped to see it, and I remembered back when Episode One came out, I had the the theater was sold out at 12 o'clock, but there was a 1201 that was packed and it was nuts. And I, I said, I don't want to do that again. And my theater right down the road, I'm like, we got to get there early. And I, it was six of us in that theater. <laughs> and it's just like the local theater here, but it's a uh, satellite of a bigger theater that's like 20 miles away. So they put no money into this thing anymore since COVID. So the heating system broke and it was okay in the summertime. But now that it's cold here, uh, I'm up northwest or northeast. Um, and it's cold in there, so you're not going to get any, you know, it's a shriveled mess, you know, in there because it's freezing cold. So like, there's no way, <laughs> no yeah. hand jobs there. <laughs> uh, well, I like those kind of experience. I grew up in like really sh like rural Oregon, so like we had this one theater that had like springs in the seats and like a soda stain on the fucking like screen, yeah. and like people were just talking over the movie, and the, the guy would fuck up the reels. And I kind of <laughs> love that kind of experience, you know. I kind of that's the kind of like theaters I grew up with, so I kind of like that. Like grindhouse type, you know. Type that's experience. what that's what it's becoming now, and there's no heat, and you. Yeah. I don't even this the popcorn stale, and it's like I'm yeah. still spending nine dollars to go to this damn thing. I'll just watch it at home. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's 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 gonna be a fun experience if you you know if everybody's yelling at the at the, at the screen, just, just <laughs> join join right in. You know, there's the only sound two system in this theater is really well. That chattering noise, it feels yeah, like yeah. like yeah, it's because it's Steve two rows back. <laughs> He's freezing together. His He's eyes freezing. are frozen shut. He'll he'll see it later. <laughs> So, so I had, bad. Yeah, it's getting it's getting bad, but I don't know. We'll see. I'll hopefully I get it fixed before February when I can go see uh, Ant Man. But that's the next one to see. Next one to see is Big Ant Man for you guys. I don't even know what the next like movie I'm excited about is. I you know I have to. But it's like usually there's like three or four like Christmas releases. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait. But this year it's kind of like um, maybe I'll see uh, that Santa Claus one where he's kicking ass or whatever the fuck that's called, like Violent Night or something. Yeah. I, the last movie I was excited about that came out was Top Gun 2. Top Gun 2, yeah. Yeah, that one. That was like the big movie. It's the one, like the one movie like most people went to the theater to see this year, like the only one. You know? I did not see that movie. No? Are you protesting it? No, I just I, I didn't get a chance. And yeah. then now it was available to buy on Prime, and I almost did that. And then I'm like, oh, it's going to be on Paramount. Maybe well, I'll just buy like Paramount. Yeah, yeah, the day stuff. after Christmas. It's on Paramount. But I think it would have been much yeah. cooler to see it in, in the theater at like the um, – What's the other, the big theater, the oh IMAX? Gosh. The IMAX. IMAX, yeah, that'd have been cool. Yeah. Not that we, not that we have that here, but well, I could have drove somewhere to see it. Yeah, I heard some movies on the big screen, like seeing Avatar, I guess, in 3D IMAX was like a different experience and watching it at home when my buddies went to see it like tonight or he's going to see it tonight. But uh, yeah, Top Gun two, I, I love the first Top Gun movie, and I was stoked, and but it got so overpriced. Like like they're talking about, oh, best actor, best picture, like you know. Does the biggest box office ever, best Tom Cruise movie ever? I saw it. it was, it's good for being a Top Gun sequel for 36 years later, but I think everyone's fucking smoking crack. I don't know what the fuck they think is so great about this. There's, it basically it mirrors a lot of direct scenes from the original. I mean, it's nothing really iconic about it, like the first movie. And yeah, I was very, I was very baffled why everyone was just went over the moon for Top Gun two. I think it's just because it's just like a pretty good movie, and that's all it takes now for everyone to lose their fucking minds because most movies are so bad. They're just well, like, they, oh my god, that's amazing. 
maybe the nostalgia part of it, because I felt that way watching sure. uh, Force Awakens, because it seemed just like the original Star Wars. So I was like, oh, wow, this this brought me back. But then they screwed up right. the next two movies. So Top Gun would have been good enough just for nostalgia, but not to break records like it did. Well, those nostalgia. Yeah, those nostalgia nostalgia checklist movies. I'm not really big on like that last Ghostbusters movie where it just seemed like, hey, it's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Hey, it's this. Hey, it's that. They did that with a ton of Top Gun as well. Like, hey, he's playing you know Great Balls of Fire on the piano like in the other movie. And some people get like, you know, yeah, I remember that. Cool. I just it's, I, yeah, feel kinda, not- I, I feel kind of empty when that stuff happens. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's I like agree. the nostalgia factor because people want to get away from. Um, how shitty the real world is. So they <laughs> yeah. go back, they want to remember a better time. So you go to the movies and they're just hitting sure. you with that nostalgia factor. So like, you know, Top Gun is a nostalgia factor. It calls has enough callbacks to make you feel like what you felt watching the first movie. Same with Ghostbusters. Like you had the the all female cast reboot uh-huh. and people didn't want that. And then you gave them what they wanted, which was a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 2. So it's like you're giving them yeah. that nostalgia factor and you're cashing in nostalgia in it. It just seems like it's it's written by committee, written by checklist. They're just asking the fans, oh, you want this, 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 check, 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 check. Like no one even bothers to write like a new story or a cool story. It's just you got to fit these 15 things in there. And once we get them done, the movie's over. But then you forget about it like after a week and it doesn't really hold up. I don't know. It's just yeah, it's, That's why I don't get how that movie made all that money. I mean, it, <clears throat> the nostalgia factor can last for get everyone back in at least once. But it seemed like people went back in to see that like 10 times. Yeah, it was strange. Uh, you know, I like I said, I don't I don't understand. I liked it. I thought it was fine, but good as a you know top gun two movie could be. It just I don't know what everyone went absolutely nuts for. I mean, the opening scene is almost shot for shot exactly like the original. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, back to Avatar. It says the two day Wednesday and Thursday initial start for Avatar: The Way of the Water is a solid fifty point four million for forty four wow. markets, led by Korea at. 5.9 million in two days, mm-hmm. France at 5.7 million in two days, Germany at 4.6 million in two days, Mexico 3.7 million in one day, Australia 3.2 million in one day. Today's opening in China on track for 18 to 19 million dollars. Yeah, it's gonna be. I think it's. I guess it's gonna be huge. Maybe because there's nothing else out. But I, you know, like I said, I can't believe people are still really into Avatar after 13 years. But Worldwide, I think this this is the kind of movie that does well overseas, especially in like you know Asian markets and stuff. I think it's like it's got a lot of you know fans over there and stuff. Well, I think it's it, a lot of this movie's driving factor too is that everyone remembers like how much the first one was pushed as being like groundbreaking cinema, you know, cinematically groundbreaking. And mm-hmm. I think everyone wants to see how you top that and how how can you be more groundbreaking in twenty twenty two than what marvel puts out every year you know or every six months it's like yeah you people want to it's a spectacle people want to see how how do you up the game and how is james cameron going to up the game and yeah i had to wait 13 years because i had to wait for the technology to catch up to what i want to do for this movie so yeah maybe maybe i'll have to see if i ever do see it i just said i'd rather be waterboarded yeah (laughs) i see this but uh you know, nothing about the trailer made me like, oh, wow, I've never seen that before. It just looks like more shit from Avatar. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's There was no, like, when you first saw the, ter- the, the T-1000, it was like, whoa, what the fuck is that? You know, mm-hmm. or you saw, like, you know, the Avatar, when we, you first see, like, the, the blue guys and stuff, you're like, oh, that's kind of, you know, that's new. Uh, but this one is just more of the same shit. I don't know. For, and for three hours, like, God. Is Sigourney Weaver back in this movie? 
that's a good question. I don't. I don't, I don't know. Sure. I guess it's got like Kate Winslet and shit, but they're all in this whole CGI motion capture. Does that even fucking make a difference for these actors? Like when they put the things on them, but they end up being these whole different creatures. You can't even recognize it's them anyway. Like, does it even matter to get a famous person in there? No, I mean, it just recognize their voice, I guess. But apparently, Vin yeah. Diesel's in this movie. <laughs> really? Oh, then I'm gonna yeah. see it. I'm definitely gonna see that now. <laughs> Is he just gonna be CGI characters now, like Groot in an Avatar? <laughs> like he's never That's gonna it. actually be in a in a he, movie. He's just gonna be. He fucking, has a face yeah. for radio, I guess. Apparently. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and Michelle Rodriguez is in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't say who he's playing, but are you are you looking at the Fast and Furious cast? Because that looks like <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm just saying, like. I mean, everybody's in this. Kate Winslet's in it. Zoe Zaldana, yeah. um, Vin Diesel, like that guy, Michelle Rodriguez. That guy who was the lead in the first one, Sam Worthington. He was like in that and like the Clash of the Titans remake that came out around the same and, time, which was did, we did huge Terminator box office. And Terminator, Terminator Four. 4. Yep. So he's a, he was in like two big franchises and the biggest movie of all time, and still did not become a movie star somehow. I don't know. He, I think he's just that kind of like wouldn't flat yeah but he's back in this one as the lead role i'm like okay well sure (laughs) yeah but it's like all right go for it man but i can't believe he was in all that stuff right in the same area and still like no one knows who the fuck he is we said sam worthington no he he could have been in any marvel or i guess james gunn movie or um insider stuff so yeah who knows it only cost him 250 million dollars to make this movie that's, That's what it. they're saying, but I heard like James Cameron says I've heard, I've heard it's like four hundred, five hundred million. You know, I think they, James Cameron put his own money into it just so he yeah. can. If he doesn't do as well, he's going to say, "Oh, I still doubled the box office, so we made money." Right. But he paid but, for it himself. Budgets are so insane now. I don't even know how you know. You watch a credits like a Marvel movie. How many fucking names are in that? Like special effects departments and all that stuff. I don't know how many like uh, accountants they have working on these things because it's really like you're talking about thousands of people getting paychecks and how do you keep track of all that shit? You know? I don't know. It's, it said this is the first ever underwater motion capture CGI movie. Uh, why bother <laughs> with that shit? It's like it was all under, like you're underwater. Was Aquaman? But, was an Aquaman yeah. underwater? They probably CGI? just they probably just green screen with the actors like walking around or maybe on wires or something. But I think I, Aquaman was all CGI. It wasn't like you're not. They weren't actually putting the actors underwater. Right. Avatar. So he actually has people underwater with space motion capture doing their performance mm-hmm. underwater. But who can tell? Who can, I don't know. Who cares? I guess. Well, I don't know. When you see the movie, it might be, you know, awesome. But I don't know. Like, it seems like a lot of oh, every very overdone. It's kind of like that, like Robert Zemeckis being really into that shit with like Polar Express and Beowulf, where it's just like, why? Like, this, it looks like shit. Oh, who yeah. cares? Yep. Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. I'd still rather be waterboarded than sit through <laughs> sit through three hours of uh, yeah Avatar, Avatar two. Yeah, wasn't that big of a fan of the first one. Um, no, I'm good. But Ish said that you wanted to talk about Christmas movies. Oh well, I saw last week. I watched some of the episode last week. You guys already kind of ranked all the Christmas movies, mm-hmm. so I did, I did. And I saw you had some of them in there, but I was kind of asking you guys. Like, I have a lot of like the alternative Christmas movies I watch every year, besides the rate like It's a Wonderful Life. And you guys named some last week. I was wondering, do you guys have like a list of like alternative ones, like like Batman Returns or um, you know like uh, Lethal Weapon, the first one? I and mean, everyone says Die mm-hmm. Hard, you know Gremlins, all that kind of stuff. I pretty much just not like. I don't watch any of like the Christmas vacation or Christmas story anymore. I just have my list of like 
Die Hard, Gremlins, and uh, Batman Returns, and those kind of movies. We did not have Lethal Weapon in, but we had the other ones you just mentioned. I totally forgot okay. Lethal Weapon one was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's 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 it came out the year before Die Hard, but if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then Lethal Weapon definitely is a Christmas movie. Yeah, Die Hard's definitely, and I, I want to get one of the shirts that says uh, Christmas Party, Nakatomi Plaza, 1987, whatever year that was. Yeah. I definitely want to get that shirt. Um, I think about it every year, and then I forget to buy it, and then it's Christmas is over, and I'm like, ah, screw it. So, I asked my uh, girlfriend for a, a gray sweatshirt that just says, now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> but she said I, I, I couldn't wear that around town or at work. It would freak everybody out because they wouldn't they wouldn't get the awesome reference right away. Oh, you know? man. So, yeah. But um, it's references though christmas vacation has plenty of references you can use all year round oh sure bend over and i'll yeah. show you like that movie and, and mm -hmm. die hard i mean you can definitely uh <laughs> oh yeah I, I quote christmas vacation all the time you know you know like i don't know margo i say that all the time and sometimes people don't understand what i'm talking about sometimes not it makes me love when people look at you like oh yeah that's right <laughs> yeah yeah like oh yeah that one but uh yeah, there's also some other like kind of dark like Christmas movies. Have you ever seen The Ice Harvest with uh, John John Cusack and Billy Bob Thornton? I've never seen. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it's a really fucked up uh, dark Christmas movie directed by Harold Ramis. It kind of came out did nothing, but it's kind of a heist movie where everyone kind of like, you know uh, uh, betrays each other and stuff like that. But that's a fun one that no one ever brings up ever. You know, and I, th I think people are desperate to watch any Christmas movie on Christmas, like Hallmark movies or. You know, they just they, they they are Christmas with the cranks, like even really shitty Christmas yeah. movies. People still watch Christmas with the cranks every year because it's a Christmas movie. So there's a Good lot movie. of them, I think. Is it? <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I don't want to shit on it too much. I, I don't, don't want to shit on it too much if you like it. But like, I just think there's a lot of them that people are never brought up that I like tend to like, you know, go to every year versus like the more traditional ones. So, I mean, yeah. I guess you, we got to draw the line at what makes a Christmas movie. Is it a Christmas movie just because it's set at Christmas time? Like, well, I thought I have my own podcast. I can I plug it here for real fast. It's called Go ahead. Buddy. Absolutely. It's, it's called Buddies on Buddies. It's on YouTube. It's me and my pal from um, LA. We talk about different buddy action comedy movie each week. So, like last this week, you know, we covered Lethal Weapon, even though the first one's not really a comedy. But anyway, so. Yeah, what I was thinking about, because he asked me, we talked about that, is Lethal Weapon a Christmas movie? He said basically a Christmas movie would be a movie that you'd sit down and watch with the family each year. And it's kind of, you know, it's a nice, pleasant movie. It has the Christmas spirit set at Christmas time, you know, all that kind of stuff. But me uh, not having kids, I tend to just go to the movies I want to watch over and over at, at Christmas time. So they could basically just be set at Christmas, like Lethal Weapon and Gremlins and all this other shit. And that to me, that's my Christmas movie. I'd rather sit through that. Uh, you know, every year than the usual like Miracle on 34th Street or Polar Express or one of those. It's like if as a, a guy, a single guy, you know, in his like 40s or something, I think it's OK to be those be your Christmas movies. And those are Christmas movies to you. you know. and, and did you see the new one that came out, Violent Night? I haven't seen it yet, though. It's playing at my local theater. So I'm thinking about uh, taking my girlfriend to go see it like, you know, tomorrow night or something. But my, yeah, my it, kid it looks, saw it and said it's awesome. He it's awesome. awesome. Yep. I, I, I tend to kind of not like those like wink wink movies so much. Mm. I, I'm not a big like fan of like Sharknado or Machete or one of those things that are like, is it, it's this, isn't this crazy? Isn't this bad? Haha. -ha. I like if my bad movies, I like, did not know they're bad. <laughs> I like them to like, you know, just to be, to be, have conviction and not be so yeah. wink wink. Uh -huh. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. I might go to it just to like to support the theater and stuff. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. 
might be a new one to add to your list because right or uh, silent night deadly night there's a classic about this uh that was protested back in the day about a guy dressed up as santa claus and goes around killing a bunch of people on christmas eve that was protested by major groups back in the day like moms outside of theaters with picket signs and stuff it's oh, kind wow. of yeah it's not a very good uh well it's, it came out like the friday the 13th with all that crap coming out but it's no. it's, a, it's, it's a good one to throw on if you're into the alternative you know christmas movie yeah yeah. I mean, Gremlins is, was the farthest I want alternative for that stuff because it was pretty right. gory for a Christmas movie. But sure, yeah. I definitely would watch something like uh, like you're saying that or that a violent mm-hmm. light that my kids just saw. Yeah, yeah, those are fun. I just think it's it's you know I, t- I tend to gravitate towards those versus the ones I've seen a lot or you know I, I still like It's a Wonderful Life. I still like Home Alone. It's just I kind of those are my kind of movies. You know? Now I have something I wanted to, I wanted to show if I can, and I want to ask Matt if I hit the present button. There's a couple speaking of stuff that's kind of messed up. Do you have something I can? Do, you, do I send it to you, Matt, or should I just do the present? You can just on. hit the present and share your screen if you want. All right, share screen. Hopefully nothing, nothing. Uh... Yeah, make sure all your porn tabs are closed. <laughs> and... I think they're all down. <laughs> Let's see. All right, so we'll do share that that one right there. All right, so if I bring this up, so what do you guys see now? Uh, uh, something's working. Okay, yeah. There's this. I see, see us something? like in triplicate a million times. Yeah. Oh, is see, that your kid? What's on the screen now? Yeah, it's like a kid yeah. with Santa and like a goblin. That's my kid, 06, <laughs> oh. and then that's the new. Do you see the oh, Joker a... on the right? Yeah, he's like Robin. Do you guys see the Joker? Yeah, that's great. Yep. So this is the new Joker comic that came out, and he got the my kid from 15, 16 years ago got the same look uh-huh. on his face whenever uh, he was sitting with Santa Claus for real. But this my kid has that same look on her face. She just saw Santa right like here, three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, they could have almost used your picture as like their cover, yeah, like it's... you know, their 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 <laughs> face or something. But I thought it was yeah, hilarious because my... it was uh, it was almost spot on. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that my kid has that same photo. Like she went and saw Santa like two, three weeks ago, and she's got that same just instant scream. <laughs> That's why I had to buy that yeah, cover. I, I was that like, picture. oh man. So you guys both oh, have kids. So how 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 old are you guys' kids? Uh my kid is only eleven months old. Oh, oh hey, wow, congratulations, dude. Dad. Thank yeah, how, how about you, bud? I'm uh, I got four kids and they're seventeen down to eleven. Wow. Okay. So well, six, what's like 17, 15, 13, 11. Is there, so if you're like your 11 year old, is there like a new toy this year? Like there was that, you know, like Tickle Me Elmo or is, is there like a new like rage toy this year for kids? Not that I know of. Mine are, um, they all, I, no, spoiler alert, there's no Santa Claus and my kids finally, none of them <laughs> believe anymore. So, okay. which is great this year because I can say, yeah, you're not going to get gifts this year because you were bad. So I'm not oh, going to bring you anything. Nice. So deal with it. You don't clean your room. You're not going to get nothing this year. Just a whole lump of before, coal right there. Yeah. Before I had to actually get something for them, no matter what they did or didn't do. So now this year, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're not going to get that. But they're, they're nothing they're really asking for that I know of. Nothing. No new huge toy. I'm asking that's, for that's toys, right. but they're not. That's less hardcore than what my dad did to me when I was a kid. If I was bad on Christmas, what do you do? So height of '90s height of Power Rangers <laughs> for me. Huge yeah. Power Rangers fan. I was being a little shit on Christmas, so my dad goes, all right, well, we're going to let you open a present early. So he goes, you can pick one. So I go, all right. So what? Do you, I, I, of course, went for the biggest one. Yeah. And uh, go, go ahead and open it. So I opened it. It was one of those Power Rangers guns where all the weapons came together and they made like a giant cannon. 
so stoked dude he's like all right yeah. cool we'll get in the car he made me go back to toys r us and return that shit because <laughs> i was being a little a little asshole so he made me open it yeah maybe open it and then return it and that's oh, hardcore man yeah <laughs> and, he, wow. and, he, and he was and you and you didn't get it he didn't come back, like buy it the next day nope. or for christmas nope, nope. That was it. i didn't get it and still so to this day i still remember that and i'm just like yeah I'm, uh, this time of year i'm watch what i do a little bit more than yeah well wow it left, <laughs> you, an, it left an impression then yeah. it did would you do would you do that to your kid i i probably would yes <laughs> just because <laughs> i'm sorry i don't know it, it's like yeah. that stigma where you're like oh well you know people's kids today are little bastards and they mm-hmm. have no respect and so you're like mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it this way but i don't know i i say that but my daughter has me so wrapped even in 11 months. I don't know if I could actually bring myself to do that to her. No, it's hard to do it to a daughter, but your kids, if you have a boy on these days, if you ever do, they're like, uh-huh. yeah, here's a, like they did in Scrooge. It's a pound of veal. What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, give them the, I'll give them meat. Yeah. I've heard of like, you know, cousins That's and hilarious. stuff that took their toys out in the backyard, like shot them. <laughs> like with Jesus. a handgun. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you like that toy? All right, here you go. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> No, I, yeah, I, I wish I could do that, but I my wife wouldn't allow that stuff. So yeah. I, I give your dad credit, Matt, for doing that. And if you can do that, if they are jerks, then that's fine. But if you're, you know, I guess you learn a lesson, and that's what's what's tis the season, as they say, a, a Christmas miracle. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, he's hardcore. I mean, he used to do things like if I wouldn't clean my room, he'd throw all my stuff away, and then he'd give it back to me. But he'd like go through the giant trash bag and pretend like he threw it away and give it back to me like a month later. But Wow. Just, wow. Yeah. Hardcore stuff. I had, a, I had a woman I work with that did that to her kids. And if that was like an iPad on the ground, she threw it away. And I'm like, well, you gave Whoa. it back to him. Right. And she's like, nope. I'm like, geez, oh, man. I mean, that's you just expensive. like to throw away money. I know. I would, <laughs> yeah. That's, I would, that's an expensive I lesson. That. I think that's yeah, expensive lesson to do to your But kids. again, that, that's you. a lesson for you as the parent to learn. Like, I just spent X amount of dollars and then threw it away to prove a point. I mean, that's not, yeah. I'm not going to waste money like that for that reason. <laughs> Yeah, make them sell it and give me the money for it. Maybe. <laughs> like yeah, Steve says, wait until she's fifteen. You'll throw it out the car window. <laughs> <laughs> well, when the boys show up, and then you'll be, yeah, you ain't leaving here until you're twenty-one or twenty-five. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My wife doesn't. Think, my wife seems to think I won't. I won't do that to our kids. So nope. yeah, I don't know. that's pretty hardcore. I think you you, you fake it, then like, then give it back. You're like, or get in the car, then you just do it right around the block, and then drive back in and say, all right. I, I, if you don't have a united front, you and your wife, then you can think whatever you want to do and it won't work. <laughs> so if, if she's on the same page and it might work, if she's not on the same page, good luck with that. You're, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's the way it goes these days. We are soft these days and we give way too much to our kids and I don't know why. Well, at least it's like like my I have nephews and stuff, and this year they just want like upgrades for their video games. Like my my I want like money or something so I can buy my avatar new shoes and Minecraft or some shit. I'm not a gamer, so I don't I don't oh, yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know any of this stuff. And I just like, well, I want kind of something they could unwrap, but they don't want that shit. They just want like, where's your credit card? <laughs> like that that's what I want for Christmas. So I can just buy a bunch of upgrades on Minecraft or something. Yeah, because they, they basically you give them a video a, a card and they can buy everything Christmas Day. And upgrade yeah. all the stuff. Yeah. So it's like, hey, wow, look, this is you can actually get something on Christmas Day. But is that like under the tree, unwrapping a present, just like, hey, by the way, you now can upgrade your your crap so they can stare into their tablets even more and not pay attention to like oh, yeah. anyone around the family or anything. That's that's the way it's supposed to be, Clark. I guess so. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm aiming too high. I uh, unwrap an actual gift on Christmas and not just I know. buy your avatar some new shoes or something. Yeah, I don't 
I don't know. I haven't heard any big gifts this year for mine, so maybe it is the same thing, like you said. Mm-hmm. Just get him, get yeah. him a card. Just give him a credit card. Here you go. Go nuts. Yeah. Yep. Well, I was even saying that to my wife. We were out Christmas shopping, and like the line for like in store pickup was so at Best Buy was so much longer than anybody in the store. Like the store was empty. I'm like, Christmas is so much different because there's nobody like in the store shopping anymore. It's like. Oh, oh, I yeah. already ordered online. Let me go in there and pick it up and then go home. Like it, it's well, you guys have seen it. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. watch anything on the Netflix about the 80s or it used to be on HBO about when Cabbage Patch came out and yeah. just the Tickle violence. Me yeah, the yeah. violence that occurred. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. actually that was Tickle Me Homo was only 15 or 16 years ago because my mother got that for my kid and was so proud that I got Tickle Me Elmo for him. And I'm like, okay. Like I didn't care about Sesame Street. It was, you know. 25 years since i saw sesame street so i didn't care but she's like this was hard to get i'm like wow well, i think i think with kids too that they, they don't even want a cabbage patch kids or tip they just heard everyone's all the other kids are getting one so they have to get one so now they're just going to tell their their parents on like christmas eve what i actually want is a tickle me elmo it's like oh fuck like this is yeah, there's, <laughs> too late there's no, there's no way you're getting that yeah <laughs> well that's the thing too is think about our parents that did mm-hmm. that those that did that back then and what it made us into Right. Right. So that's why our kids are not going to get their toys thrown out the window or go back and return it on Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. They have to Christmas. Or, you know, that's brutal. That's that. brutal, man. Holy that shit. Is. I felt bad. That's, that's one of the best stories I've heard for Christmas. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's up there with the gremlin story of when the dad fell down the Christmas. Oh, yeah. He's the like, he's so those are Santa. Yeah. yeah. Well, why do you think you could fit down a chimney anyway? What the fuck? You know? Yeah. Or return. I'd return a gift. That's. So they're both they're both the most horrifying Christmas story I've ever heard. Yeah, I can't believe that. I'm like, what the hell? Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious, Mark? Gonna, I gotta take would, this back. <laughs> that that would ruin Christmas for me for life. I think. Yeah, I would never. I would never care about Christmas, and I would beat up the Easter Bunny. <laughs> I just, I mean, hey, thirty, you know, thirty-seven, and I still remember it. So obviously, it had yeah. some sort of lasting effect. There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I remember. I'm sure it's something that some therapist, therapist would love to buy a new mansion <laughs> not to talk to me about. So, you know, it's it's worth a couple sessions for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good story actually. I, I like that. But I mean, my dad was not a mean guy by any any stretch of the imagination. But he, no, no, no. You you get you pissed him off. It was it was go time. So he did it. And I, was, mm-hmm. I feel that way sometimes, but I have no. I there's no way I could pull that off. But I'm glad I, I give your dad props for pulling it off. All right, it's a well, lesson learned. And it, like, well, he stuck to his guns too. That's the most amazing thing to me. Like he did, like all right, just kidding. It was just like right. no, it's done. That's over. Now, nowadays, the wife would say, "Oh, come on, now we're not going to do that." And yeah, then he, then yeah. He give in. But he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He stuck with it. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Never got it. <laughs> Even to this day, never got it. That, that should have been like the first thing you bought. When you, you moved know, out, like when he turned eighteen, I was, I'm going right to that goddamn Toys yeah. R Us getting that power. I, that's so. the first one. Of the first comics I bought was Punisher One because I wasn't allowed to have it as a kid because it was too violent, and I went yeah. and bought that. And I, and see, that's what I should yeah. do. I should look it up, see if I can find it on eBay, buy it, wrap it, give it to him on Christmas, yep. and, be, yeah. and then take it from him and be like, "Now perfect. you know how oh, it feels." Wrong yeah, person. Perfect. That's not for you. <laughs> yeah. Now you know how it feels. And then and then have like a hundred dollar oh, bill bitch. underneath it and go, "Oh, there's a hundred dollar bill here too. You don't get yeah. that either." Yeah. Or just give like a nice that. box of cigars or something and just chuck them out the window. And just yeah. like, that, that's for the fucking Power Rangers thing. Yeah. <laughs> like you, that's mine. Now yeah. you know how it feels. But, that's yeah, unfortunately, it's not taking it to the back to the store. But. 
But yeah. So as we end the show, I gotta ask Iron Man three, Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie? Uh, Shane Shane Black, it's a Christmas movie. He he wrote Lethal Weapon and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Long Kiss Goodnight and all his movies take place at Christmas. I count it as one of the Christmas movies because yes, it's a uh, you know, why not? There's snow, it takes place at Christmas, why not? See, I guess oh, yeah. I'm just in the the one mindset of like if it's not about the spirit of Christmas or or something like that, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Qualify as a Christmas movie, but <laughs> right, like it, it just feels like Lethal Weapon is a, or not Lethal Weapon, but yeah, Die Hard's a Christmas movie because it takes place at Christmas. Like, well, plus they have the Run yeah. the MC song in it. There's Run the MC song. There's also sleigh bells on the soundtrack in Die Hard that like ding 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 like constantly yeah. throughout like, like has the season's greetings and he pulls the gun out. So there's a lot of but like Lethal Weapons like that too, like the Jingle Bell Rock or the opening credits and there's a shootout at Christmas tree lot. Like, so just like Christmas is definitely like a, you know, another character in the movie or something. So Iron Man three is a bit of a stretch, but I'll still count it just cause it's Shane black. And he does that. He, all his like movies are set at Christmas pretty much. So I forget that one was that way, but I mean, mm-hmm. it can be definitely added to a list of the underground Christmas movies. Maybe. Well, yeah, we'll have to do that next week. When, when, now that I know what it is you were talking about a little bit more than mm-hmm. what ish sent me, We'll have to maybe next week we'll do that since it's Friday before Christmas. We'll put together a, a list of obscure movies and we'll have obscure you back. Christmas and we'll we'll that'd, rank them. That'd be we'll great. That'd be great. It was so great to talk to my friend Ishvan again on this uh, show yeah, was, that he invited I'm, me yeah. on. And uh, I hope I wasn't just barging into you guys' conversation. This no, you're good. Know. Okay, good. So, uh, so yeah. But uh, thanks for having me on. I'd love to be come back. Sure. Absolutely. Well, nice. I definitely have to have, have you nice back. Nice meeting but, you. Yeah, it was. It, I'm glad you came on because it, it really picked everything up. Trying to talk to Ish with his five minute <laughs> delay. Oh uh, yeah, well, you got you gotta love the Ish fun, and yeah, I talked to him all the time. But yeah, it's we like I said we're Arizona. Where are you guys at? Are you guys in Arizona? I'm in Arizona. Yeah, JP okay. is in Pennsylvania. That's right. I'm in Washington State, so we're like all over the fucking yeah, map I, here. I, so I know you guys at least are on the same time zone. Like it's almost it's 11:30 for me. Ooh, but yeah. you guys, no, he's an you, hour behind me. It's only 9:30 here. And it's probably eight thirty where he's at. Yeah, it's yep. it's just eight thirty. I was bartending and I had to kind of run home. I was trying to get here off early, but I ended up having to stay late and stuff. But yeah, I just it's funny because I was like, oh, I'm gonna talk to Ishbucks. We don't talk. We talk online messaging a lot, but we don't like talk like FaceTime ever. So so yeah, yeah, it was great to catch up with him again. So that was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you guys got to have that uh that heart to heart talk and you really <laughs> right. got to right to just rekindle that friendship that friendship yeah it was it was great it really meant a lot but, all your guys' uh, stories from film school were real riveting like i oh, feel like i was there scott scottsdale community college yeah. the, fight, the fighting artichokes yeah we have a bunch <laughs> of great uh film school stories <laughs> i was i feel like i was there man like it's just man that just that reminiscing i can't it, it's yeah it's gold it right yeah <laughs> well all right guys so. i'm gonna sign off but uh thanks thanks for having me on all right, right thank you so care. much for stopping in. Yeah, we'll have to have to get you back next week for that that ranking. We'll get that set up, and I'll have yeah. Ish reach out to you if his internet fixes. Ever comes back, okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, thank you. See you later. All right, well, that'll do it for this week. It was a quick one, short one. Not a lot going on. Just the Henry Cavill stuff. Pretty much dominated the the cycle. Um, JP, do you want to plug your guys your new show you got coming out? Yeah, we're going to be uh, uploading a, a new podcast, myself and my buddy Rohan from Back in the Game Comics. We did a um, podcast this week. It's called Absolute Game of Nerds, and it's just he and I talking comics, essentially giving a background on our collecting, where you know we collected in the 90s and you know what brought us back in, and then what we're doing now. 
Um, so it's a nice origin story for us. And then we plan to have additional episodes that will will tackle things like speculation or the hunt for 181 is going to be our next podcast. Um, you know, movies and what they are going to do to the to the market, things like that. So it's going to be more comic book based um, regards to um, you know collecting and and it as a hobby or as an investment. So we had fun yeah. doing it. So Matt did a lot of the uh, detail work on it. And it looks good. So I'm excited to get it uploaded here. So. Appreciate yeah, it. I got to see a sneak peek of episode one. It was very informative. Um, glad to know more about you and, and Rohan's getting back into this community and uh, collecting and stuff. So I'm, I'm excited for everyone else to see that. So that'll be coming soon. Um, but that'll do it, guys. I want to thank uh, Kenneth for joining us. Thanking Ish for joining us from the the chat roulette servers. Um, and as always, thanks JP for hopping on. Um, but that'll do it for this week's episode, guys. We'll see you tomorrow night over on Saturday night special and you can catch more absolute geek. No, no. Kenneth didn't bail on you tonight. You bailed on him ish. Let's not get that twisted. All right. He was here. He offered great insight. He, he brought the mood up that your internet was killing. So (laughs) yeah, you don't get that twisted, sir. I'm not giving you that pass, but all right, guys, well, we'll see you all right here next week. Same time, same channel, same absolute geek goodness. All you freaks and geeks Come all you freaks and geeks Let's listen to Absolute Geek Absolute Geek We'll go ahead and spread our cheeks Spread the cheese. And drink some. Yes, Eddie definitely bailed you out. I read that wrong. Drink some Cosby wine. It makes me feel real fine. See you next time on the absolute.